Welcome back to the Know Your Shoulder podcast. I'm your host Emily and this is a podcast about all things fit and bitting. Today we are lucky enough to be joined once again by company founder and bitting guru Heather Hyde to talk about some of her go-to bits for speed control. As we all know, it's that time of year again where the temperatures dropped, the clippers are being dusted off and for many turnout is becoming increasingly limited. It then comes as no surprise that as a result of this our horses are left feeling a little bit fresh and can lead to us needing some bits for speed control. So Heather, how do we know when we might need to consider a bit that will give us a little bit more control? Well, I think as a rider, when you realise that you can't stop um, in time, um, obviously this time of the year, as you've just said, the horses, they're not getting the turnout. Um, We've clipped them, so they're getting the wind up their knickers. Um, and they're feeling a little bit, you know, fresh. Mm-hmm. And it's okay having, you know, the odd leap about or whatever, but, you know, if, if you're having a canter across the grass verge and you can't pull up in time safely and you're heading toward a road, then for sure, um, you know, you do need um, help. Mm-hmm. Having said that, there's absolutely no substitute for the basic aids because I know I've said this previously, but... If the horse doesn't understand the aids and the rider doesn't know how to give the aids, then actually moving up, you know, upgrading isn't going to do you um, any good at all. In fact, it could be detrimental. Um, But for sure, um, you know, when you feel that you haven't got the control, it's dangerous for yourself, it's dangerous for your horse, it's dangerous for the other people that are hacking out with you. Um, It's really dangerous all round. And it doesn't mean to say that we haven't done everything correctly and we haven't got all of our building blocks in place. Um, it's a total change. You know, it's a different time of the year. And like I say, um, I've experienced it when I've just clipped a horse and it hasn't quite got the turn out. Yeah. And um, suddenly you've got a few bucks and a bit of farting. And, okay. um, and well, hey, you know, within three strides, you, you, you kind of lost it. So... Yeah, we have to um, we have to admit when we need that little bit more help. Yeah. Now you've said before that you sometimes hear um, that people can be a bit hesitant to move into a bit that gives that a little bit more control, but it, that it can actually save the mouth in the long run. So can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I, I often talk to riders about, and I do call it saving the mouth because, like you've just touched upon on the advice line many times. Um, you know, riders do say that, you know, because they've done everything correctly, they didn't think that there would be a need. You know, they've got a good partnership with the horse. They love the horse. They've got good communication. And they didn't really think that there would be any need for them to have to, you know, upgrade. Um, you know, however, you know, if we're in that situation, we are in that situation. And some of these riders will stay in a snaffle for too long. And, you know, it's not funny uh, for a- anyone concerned when you end up with your legs around the ears, leaning back and, you know, hauling for England, because that is when you're actually doing damage. And, you know, the art of upgrading is to actually have the control um, without causing any damage. Uh-huh. So what would be your go-to bits then for... Um... I wish it were that simple. Um, it, it isn't quite that simple. And I think we have to consider um, the horse's way of going. Mm-hmm. You know, have we got a horse that is likely to pull and snatch down? Um, you know, have we got a bit of a stargazer? 
Um, we have to consider which bits we've worked through and what the horse is happiest in. I mean, what would be quite logical, say, you know, whatever mouthpiece we're in, maybe it's a mouthpiece with a lozenge, um, our transangled lozenge, for instance, then if we just needed a little bit more help, then we can consider the bevel. Um, which will give us a little bit of a lever action, a little bit of pole pressure. And, you know, if we just need that little bit more control, and also that has got to rain setting, so we don't have to be within the bottom loop all the time, then that would actually be ideal. And, you know, bear in mind, people will say, oh, you know, I, I can't turn. But if you've actually got the, um, if you've got the speed control, then you can turn, you know, so... Yeah, so the bevel would be your sort of first point of call. The bevel would be if we didn't, you know, if, if we just needed that little bit more help. If we felt the snapper wasn't quite sufficient, um, we didn't need to go up two rungs of the ladder, um, then the bevel would be ideal. Uh -huh. And then so if you've tried the bevel and you, didn't, you still didn't quite have the control there, would you then move up to the universal or...? I think the universal would definitely be one to consider. Um, you can amplify um, far more so what you're saying through the rain um, with the universal. Um, and you have got many settings with the universal. So for sure. And again, with the universal cheek, um, we do offer a variety of mouthpieces, different diameters, different designs. So again, you know, if you think about you know, what is that horse happy with as a snaffle, then you can kind of stick, you know, fairly close to that. Yeah, so you've mentioned the two very popular bits that we have um, within the range for the faster work. But then what would you do if your horse was a little bit pole sensitive? Because obviously they both imply a little bit of pressure onto the pole. Would, what would your options be for a pole sensitive horse? It's very easy to actually reduce um, the pressure over the pole. We do have actually some bits for faster work that don't give pole pressure. Um, for instance, we have the jumper's choice. Um, and that doesn't give pole pressure, but that certainly does help with control. But if we were, for instance, using the universal um, on the bottom ring, then yes, 40% of the forces are transferred up through the cheek pieces. Just to clarify something, although we talk about pole pressure, if we're going to be correct, what we're talking about is we're talking about the percentage of force that is travelling up through the cheek pieces. And yes, the vast majority does end up, you know, behind the ears, but some of it actually is on the side of the face as well. Um, but in order to answer your question, if we had a broader headpiece, then we have more weight-bearing surface and we have lowered the pressure. And nine times out of ten, that that will work. But do bear in mind that with all of these bits with a lever action, not only are they pulling down on the pole, that upper cheek has actually travelled that little bit further forward, so the cheek pieces are being pulled forwards. So you do need to be very much aware that you could be causing pressure just behind the ears. So it's good to have a headpiece that is broader, a little bit padded, and actually cut away behind the ears slightly. Uh-huh. So... When you're then moving into a new bit and you're getting sort of a bit that maybe has a little bit more um, 
sort of degree of control. How would you then introduce that without, you know, going straight into it? Well, I think with any new piece of kit, you don't um, introduce anything new on a fresh horse. So, you know, you might want to do a little bit of flap work first. You may have wanted to have hacked out first. But I certainly wouldn't bring a horse straight out of the stable fresh and introduce anything new. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. But we have to consider that the whole point of actually upgrading is so we're going to actually ourselves not apply so much pressure through the rain. And so we have to get used to much softer comeback aids. Otherwise, we might find out we've got air brakes. Now, I think I've said this previously, but a, a very good friend of mine who actually um, is a top rider, she um, went into the Universal. She didn't introduce it methodically. She set out of the start box. She took her usual pull before the first fence and she discovered she'd got air brakes and the horse stopped and she didn't. Um, she did exit um, front door rather unceremoniously and it was captured on camera and played quite a bit. Um, so it was highly embarrassing. Now, what I always do, what I advise my clients to do would be to um, fit the bit, walk the horse in hand, bring it back to halt a few times, then, you know, climb on board in a safe environment. We're not going to test our brakes out. We're going to introduce the bit very slowly and we're going to do what I call canter back, where we would literally walk, we'd work through um, halt to walk, um, back to halt, we'd work through, you know, walk to trot and back, um, and ultimately build up to our canter work. Because, you know, we need to be using softer aids, and if we're used to really having to put a lot of force through the rain in order to bring the horse back, and we do the same thing with our bit that's going to amplify what we're saying through the rain, um, then obviously we need to get accustomed to that. Yeah. So if somebody was, you know, unsure of the next step, so they've identified that they need a little bit more um, help with the speed control, what would you advise they do? So obviously we have the questionnaires. Um, would you advise they sort of, you know, come to us? We, we, we have very detailed um, online questionnaires, which it, it's myself who reads them. Um, you know thoroughly and I do you know I do give them a great deal of attention um, people can send video footage they can send photographs um, via you know whatsapp or um, via Emily um, so uh, there's lots of ways and means of actually seeking um, the correct advice we do we do suggest that you um, go for a trial um, many of our retailers actually do offer a trial, um, some of whom will even offer up to um, a 30-day trial. You know, bearing in mind, not all of us can ride every single day in order to, you know, test our bit out. And like I've said, you know, initially we would ride in the school and then, you know, we would hack out, maybe it's a little more sedately, and we would build up to our faster work. Um, before we dropped ourselves, you know, in the deep end. So we do need, you know, some time in order to actually assess that bit from a long-term perspective. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we've got time for on today's episode, Heather, but thank you so much for joining us No, again. it's a pleasure. Um, and like we've said, you know, if you've got any bitting questions at all, we are here to, to help you. Um, and, you know, the bitting questionnaire is a really fantastic way to get in touch. Or you could contact us on our, on our social medias, or website. 
So thank you for listening and we'll see you next time for another instalment of the Noyashula podcast.